five o'clock Christmas morning. I run downstairs and look under the tree, and what do I find? Uncle Alfresco, dead on the floor, shot through the back of the head, plus no bicycle. It was a disappointing Christmas on many levels. Steve Martin as Vinnie Antonelli in My Blue Heaven. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul. Now, as any longtime listener knows, I've talked about the Mafia before. I've even gone so far as to claim that there are gangster movies that are actually Christmas movies. We've got an obvious fascination with the mob, as evidenced by the success of films like The Godfather and Goodfellas, and TV shows like The Sopranos and Gamora. Even Mario Puzo's original novel was a New York Times bestseller, for 67 weeks, and it sold 9 million copies in the first two years. What gangster films typically aren't is funny. Don Corleone is just too busy being menacing to crack a joke. Well, a fortuitous series of events changed this back in 1990. Five years earlier, Nicholas Pileggi wrote the book Wise Guy, Life in a Mafia Family which was the story of mobster-turned-informant Henry Hill. In 1990, the same year that Martin Scorsese adapted the book into the mafia film Goodfellas, Pileggi's wife, Nora Ephron, took a page from Hill's life, which was dealt with only briefly at the end of Goodfellas, revised it a little, turned it on its head, added Steve Martin and Rick Moranis, and struck comedy gold with the film My Blue Heaven. From the Fats Domino title song that opens the film, which is an earworm that sticks with you long after the film ends, you know this is no ordinary gangster flick. When mob informant Vincent Vinnie Antonelli, played by Steve Martin, appears in a shark-skin suit, entering the witness protection program in the middle of Southern California suburbia, any thoughts of Scorsese's grim and bloody world have vanished completely. And who knew that Martin was the gangster we needed to add to the pantheon of Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci. From his sartorial style, to his over-the-top New York Italian accent, to his trademark facial expressions, Steve Martin is the driving force of this comedy of criminal errors. The rest of the cast, solid as they are, simply hang on for dear life. Watching a completely unreformed Martin devise scheme after scheme is a humorous take on what the real Henry Hill did until the FBI finally kicked him out of the witness protection program. His futile attempt to assimilate into white bread suburbia recalls Ray Liotta's line about egg noodles and ketchup in Goodfellas, a line that very well may have triggered Efron's screenplay in the first place. One of Martin's best scenes is where he explains to District Attorney Hannah Stubbs, played by Joan Cusack, how he was stopped with a stolen car. And the entire thing, which I wish I could reproduce here, is classic Steve Martin, but with a gangster twist. Now, for me, this is one of Cusack's best roles, and one of the few in a film not starring a brother, John Cusack. And the casting of Rick Moranis as Barney Coopersmith, the hapless FBI agent assigned to babysit Martin before and during trips back to New York to testify, was a stroke of genius. As a side note, during one of those New York forays, Martin, Moranis, and two women they meet at a bar 
perform the best dance number this side of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Of course, I may be biased because I love the merengue. Now, as I said before, this is totally a Steve Martin film, but in some ways it's also a buddy cop movie, except one of the buddies is a criminal rather than a police officer. Martin and Moranis have a definite chemistry, though they're more Newman and Redford in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid than Gibson and Glover in Lethal Weapon. Amazingly, as a bit of trivia, the original plan for the film was to have Martin play Barney Coopersmith and Arnold Schwarzenegger play Vinny. Thank God that didn't happen. To say any more than I have would involve spoilers I'm just not willing to give away. Suffice it to say that this criminally overlooked film should be added to your must-see list. Now, it's not The Godfather, either in body count or all-time great film status, but then Marlon Brando won't have you laughing long after the final credits roll. And with lines you'll be quoting for years to come, it's an offer you can't refuse. So that's our somewhat transitional episode for today. We'll see you again soon. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. Thanks a lot. Thank you.